Hello everybody, welcome back to the Raising a Wildflower podcast. Um, I am so happy that um, you guys still were able to listen to the podcast even though I couldn't put anything on Instagram because um, I'm off Instagram right now. So today I wanted to just talk about the postpartum period and just kind of how it's gone for me and some decisions that I've made that have made everything um, a little bit easier for me. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into it and happy listening. All right, so um, as of today, well actually as of yesterday, my little sweet pea, little Peyton is eight weeks old um, and I can say that everything right now is pretty good everything is you know the girls they get along really well in the sense that Charlie loves her and Peyton can't you know really do anything other than lay there (laughs) um but the love between them is definitely evident and that makes me super happy I'm just really grateful and thankful that um Charlie absolutely is obsessed and loves her little sister um and then obviously you know the sleeping and everything is getting a little easier everything gets easier you know after the first four to six weeks for me anyway But I will say the first two weeks were really hard. And even the first month was a lot for me. Um, The postpartum phase this time around hit me a lot harder than it did with Charlie. Um, And I don't know. I mean, I've heard the transition from one to two is one of the hardest. Um, So I think that definitely plays into it. But also I was on antidepressants um, for my whole pregnancy with Charlie, my whole postpartum. And I got off them when she was a year old. And then I was off them for a year, and I was doing well. You know, I was fine. Um, Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I was fine. I was fine for a while, but then during quarantine, I had a really hard time. But, you know, I think everybody did at the beginning especially, and I was pregnant. And so I was just thinking, you know, there was a lot of reasons why I would be not having a great time and, you know having difficulty so it wasn't just I didn't think it was just that I needed to get back on antidepressants because everyone was having a really hard time um so I I just kept thinking to myself like okay well once you know once quarantine's over and I can see my family again it'll be easier once I can get out of the house again it'll be easier okay well once you know um we get Charlie's eggs under control I'll be fine you know and once the baby is born and I'm not heavy and pregnant and tired all the time it'll be fine um and then Peyton was born and everything. I mean, I was so happy. I was so happy that she was here and I was obsessed with her and Charlie loved her right away. Um, but the transition was really hard. You, you know, you have your one baby, your first, your oldest. It's like your whole world. Um, and especially for me, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so we are together all the time. She's my little buddy. She's always with me. So even it became, like, emotional right away when I had to leave her to... Um, give birth and I wasn't you know I was like I maybe the first time that somebody else had put her to bed um and I was gone you know overnight and so that was just and then it was just really emotional it was like I felt like I was failing one of them at all times if I was nursing Peyton and you know getting frustrated that Charlie wanted to just keep climbing on my lap and sitting on Peyton and like just all up in my business and I would be annoyed at Charlie and that made me feel super guilty and then when I was done feeding Peyton and I would be like hanging out with Charlie or doing something with her, I felt like I was failing Peyton because she's just laying there by herself and I felt sad for her. And I just was thinking like, what if she doesn't develop as well as Charlie because I took so much time to like interact with Charlie even when she was super little. Um, and so just that finding that balance of like not feeling like I'm just failing 
either of them or both of them at any given time and then also failing at housework duties because the first three to four like first month it was a struggle to get anything done dishes were in the sink laundry was piling up like everything was just everywhere it was just always a mess so I felt like I was failing at being um a homemaker and then I would feel like I was failing at being a wife because you know Matt didn't wasn't getting the love and attention and everything that he deserved because I had basically nothing left over after hanging out with both of them all day and giving everything I felt like to them both um and so I just felt like at any time any given time I was failing um everyone including Taz I didn't even mention Taz because poor thing he's like third on the totem pole fourth on the totem pole now um but it was just a lot for me to feel like I couldn't I wasn't succeeding at anything and I was like failing at a you know partially doing everything and not succeeding at anything if that makes sense so there was one particular day that everything just kind of crashed down around me and I just couldn't stop crying like all day and um I was I was both like angry and then I was so angry and then I my anger like was all spent out and I was just frustrated and I just felt like nothing I just felt depressed and sad and it was the first time since I have had a child or since I became a mom um that the thought of not being in this world like flitted like crossed my mind I I hadn't felt that way in a couple of years and I definitely hadn't felt that since Charlotte had been born um and it scared me you know as it should have um because that's something that I never wanted to feel after becoming a mom I mean it's something you never want to feel anyway um but I remember when I got on antidepressants and then I got pregnant um I hadn't even been on them for a year yet when I got pregnant and I was so scared to get off them like I I had I thought about it because it was something I had to ask to make sure that my the type of medication that I was taking was safe for pregnancy and safe for breastfeeding um but I did not like I did not even want to consider getting off during my pregnancy and especially um postpartum because I was um afraid of the postpartum depression and just I I was just afraid of feeling like I felt um the year before, before I got on antidepressants and I was, um, suicidal and just in a really, really dark place. I never wanted to feel that again. And I couldn't imagine feeling that while also being in charge of little tiny human souls. Um, that just was terrifying to me. So the second that I started feeling that way, um, that day, it was a Thursday, I decided that I needed to do something. I mean, I had thought about, I was always on the back of my mind, you know, kind of in my back pocket to get back on antidepressants. And I wasn't trying to be, um, I don't know. I wasn't going to try to, I wasn't trying to be too tough to get back on them, I guess. But I also just kept thinking that I had been doing great, um, up until, you know, this happened or up until that happened. Um, but when, when I started to feel, that dark and I was looking at Charlie and she was just being so empathetic and sweet when I was crying and just wanting to hug me and wipe my tears and which was beautiful and I'm really thankful that I'm teaching her empathy like that but at the same time I never wanted my daughter to feel like she was my support system 
I didn't want her to feel like she had to, you know, worry about me ever. I, I am the mother. I worry about her. She should never have to worry about me. Um, and I remember there's a book that I read. I can't remember what it was. I think it might've been wild by Cheryl Strayed. Maybe not. I don't know. It was, um, a book that I read where she's talking about her mom and her mom, she said was either the type of mom that was dancing and singing in the kitchen and just like making cupcakes and so happy. Or she was the the mom that like couldn't get out of bed and just stayed in her room for days and she never knew which mom she was going to have. And I felt that so deeply. I don't think I was even a mom yet when I read that, but it made me so, it just stuck with me. I can still remember that so well and, and thinking that I never wanted to do that to my daughter or children because I am a very happy person. I'm usually happy. I'm energetic. I do love to sing and dance in the kitchen. We play a lot of Disney songs. We have a lot of sing-alongs and dance parties and just like I have a lot of fun being a mom. I love being a mom genuinely. Um, and I felt that way so much in the first year of Charlie's life. Like I just felt so happy all the time. And then when I got pregnant, I was happy and it was harder because I was tired and sick. Um, and I was off antidepressants but I kept just thinking all these things or the reason why I wasn't feeling as energetic um, was because of, you know, first trimester pregnancy. And then it was because of quarantine. And then um, it was because I was really big pregnant and I was uncomfortable and tired. And then it was because of postpartum. And I just didn't want to, like, I, I just wanted to feel like myself. I wanted to feel happy and energized. And like I um, was able to and desire to do all the things that I love to do as a mom. I love being outside with my girls. I love taking them to the park. I love going for walks. I love actively playing with them and just truly enjoying, enjoying my day with them, not feeling like I'm just waiting around for bedtime, you know? Um, and so I made the decision that day I was sitting on the ground and in the kitchen and just crying. And I emailed my nurse practitioner and I asked her to refill or you know prescribe me re-prescribe me my antidepressants and that's something we had talked about during pregnancy you know often is that that would be something that if I if I needed it you know I could just I could just get the prescription refilled um so I did that and then I also decided to just I deleted Instagram and Facebook off my phone right then um because I, I, I have never been somebody that got on social media when it made me feel bad about myself. Like, I genuinely like social media. I like the way it makes me feel, usually. Um, I like sharing pictures and videos of Charlie, and it just, I just love sharing, and I love the community of moms, and I love looking at other moms, and just, like, people I don't, you know, I don't actually know, um, and, and watch their journey of motherhood, um, that's mainly what I like being on there for these days is, is mom stuff, you know? Um, but since Peyton was born, I was just feeling so inadequate. Like these people are going and hiking for teeners and these people are hiking and these people are traveling across the world. And, you know, this person is in tip top physical shape and, um, you know, just all these things that I felt like I wasn't I wasn't doing anything. Like I wasn't doing enough. And I realized logically that I had just had a baby, that I was in the postpartum period, that like, what would I be doing, you know, um, every day other than being at home covered in spit up and pee and poop and, 
you know, chasing around after a toddler all day in my house. Like, what what else should I be doing? Nothing. I mean, that's what postpartum is. That's what having a new baby is. That's what you're doing. Um, but just seeing everyone else's daily lives and feeling like I was I wasn't doing enough. Like there was nothing exciting happening, or I wasn't um, going to be able to capture the right moments, or I don't know. Like I just I, and I hadn't really felt that way before. It was always something that I enjoyed doing, and I just I just loved. Um, so that was one part of it that I just felt like I, uh, it was starting to make me feel inadequate. And then also all the political tension and just the current state of the world and country was so weighing so heavy on social media. Like I, I understand wanting to share all of our, you know, beliefs and opinions and, and, and whatnot on our personal um, social pages. That's a, like obviously everyone is entitled to do that. And I've done that, too. But it's just, I feel like lately, especially, I mean, we're almost to election day. And so it just was, I've never felt it be so divided and just ugly, you know? It wasn't just like, oh, I'm voting for this person or I believe in this. It was just like, if you do this, you're a horrible person and blah, 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 and, you know, all the stuff about COVID and masks and just, it was, it's, it was toxic to me. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to have to read it. I didn't want to have to look at it. I didn't, it was not making me feel better. Um, and it also wasn't helping anything. It's not like I wasn't able to figure out what was going on in the world without having to read it through, you know, a second-hand experience of somebody who has, like, who's coloring it in a very different way. If that, I don't know if that makes sense. So that was another part that just, like, I just... And it was it's impossible to shut that part off because, obviously, people that you're following, they have their own... I mean, it's their own personal thing. They can do whatever they want. So um, I did unfollow a lot of people... But there's also people that I genuinely like, and I like to follow them, and I like them for other things, but they're still going to sprinkle in political things that I don't like. And so it just is, you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't enjoyable. Um, And then the last thing is that this happened when I was nursing with Charlie too, and I did make a change then, but it was only, it was only her and I, and she was a newborn, you know. But when you're sitting down and nursing for so much of the day and you're just sitting you know there's it there's you're not doing anything else um it's so it became so like routine for me to just get on instagram or facebook and just scroll and just look at things like I, so much more than i was because mainly i had only gotten on social after the girls had gone to bed like i would take videos and pictures all day but i wouldn't post anything until after um charlie had gone to bed but with nursing and especially this time around I couldn't just turn on the tv and watch things when I was nursing at home or whatever which I did a lot with Charlie because it was just her and I like I could watch whatever and she didn't know there was anything on the tv but now obviously having a two-year-old I don't want her to just be I don't want the tv on all day that's you know so um so I was just on Instagram so much and it became such a habit to just like open my phone and get on Instagram like even though I had just gotten off Instagram and then suddenly I'm on it again and I wasn't it wasn't even like a conscious thing it wasn't a conscious decision that I was making to get back on it and that's what made me be like okay I have to I have to make a change I don't want it to be if I'm going to be on Instagram or be on social media I want it to be because I'm choosing actively to be on it not because I'm addicted and I don't have any like control over basically what I'm what I'm doing so that is why all the things that I changed and now it's been a month since I've gotten back on antidepressants and it's been a month since I've been off social media and I can definitely say that I feel just so much better I feel so much better not being on it um 
and I, I mean, or, and I guess, and better being on antidepressants. Plus, I mean, it's, it, it, things do get easier the older that your newborn gets. Um, but Peyton is not sleeping through the night like Charlie was at this point. She will be nine weeks old in two days. Um, and so she sleeps for a good chunk of time, but she does not really dream feed very well. So with Charlie, I was able to, you know, put her down for bed after her sometime between the seven o'clock hour, I would feed her for the last time during the day and I would put her to bed and then I would go into a room at 10 or 11 and feed her while she was like basically asleep. It's called dream feeding. And it just worked so easily and well for her. And then she would sleep from, you know, 10 to five at first and then it would move to you know seven or whatever in the morning and Peyton she is very hungry by 7 30 so I usually feed her after I put Charlie down and I feed her around 7 30 and I put her to bed but she does not want to wake up at 10 or 11 she just like she'll maybe eat for like a minute and then she just she it's impossible like you can't force a baby to eat <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried but you can't if they are not wanting to eat they're just not gonna eat so she doesn't want to eat so then I just you know just have to wait till she wakes up and usually that's around three so she's going from like 7 30 to 3 which is a big chunk of time for a nine week old that's great but obviously not really helpful in terms of me getting sleep the sleep that I need um because I uh, I mean I could go to bed at 8 p.m at night but I never do <laughs> um because that's my only time for myself and that's Matt and I's only time for ourselves so I just like I really depend on that time after they go to bed for like me time to just literally veg out on the couch and eat snacks and like watch shows and do whatever I want to do that I can't do all day. Oh jeez. Whoa. I just hit a curb. And I would say that's because I'm thinking about what I'm talking about, but it's not. I hit a curb. I hit curbs like more often than I would like to admit. It's kind of embarrassing. Anyway, um so I am just not getting as much sleep as I wish that I was and as I was at this point with Charlie also because I could sleep anytime Charlie was sleeping if I wanted to and in the mornings I did that a lot I would just feed her at you know five six seven whenever she woke up and then we would just lay in bed and sleep for another couple hours so um the lack of sleep is definitely starting to show itself but it's still getting, I mean, things are definitely easier, and Peyton is the sweetest little human, and their little bond is amazing, like, truly, they, they have the sweetest bond, and I love watching it grow, um, and especially because Peyton is starting to get to where she can smile, and she coos, and, you know, she notices when it's Charlie versus somebody else, and so a lot of good things happening, just a lot of also hard things but I feel so much better now that I'm on antidepressants and I don't know if it's something that I'll have to be on you know long term or forever or while I'm having kids I don't know but either way it's worth it to me to feel this much better you know um and I I just I don't know I just want to put that out there for everybody that might have the same kind of feelings and I don't know if you can hear Peyton she is not happy that we are stopping um, cause I'm parked, so I will have to go for now, but I will be back soon and we will talk about something maybe a little more lighthearted, but thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you in a couple weeks.